0: Well, good morning. So great to see you uh, today, whether you're here in person and there's a number of us here and in the balcony, and then we welcome you uh, online today. Really happy that you are engaging with us on on these Christmas services. So that's exciting. I I came across uh, a collection of uh, letters that children had written to Santa Claus. Uh, And I thought they might be helpful to you. One of them said, Dear Santa, you did not bring me anything good last year. You did not bring me anything good the year before that. I'm warning you, this is your last chance. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Signed Albert, by the way. My favorite one was, Dear Santa, there are three boys who live at this house. There's Jeffrey, he's two, and David is four, and Norman, he is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time, too. Norman is good all the time. I am Norman. (laughs) One of our favorite, like, Christmas... um, Specials is Charlie Brown. And Charlie Brown asked uh, if anyone knows what Christmas is really all about. And Linus, you might remember, recites the story of Christ's birth from Luke 2. It reminded me of how easy it is to forget that Christmas is not about us. It's not about me. It's not about our family or friends or church or presents. All that stuff is nice but about him. One year at Christmas, uh, a family friend was speaking to the little five-year-old. Her name was Ruth. And he said, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? She hesitated for a moment and she said, no, I didn't. But then again, it's not my birthday. Uh, That's a great reminder uh, to us. Isn't it easy to get all wrapped up in the the stuff, uh, the celebrating that we forget what it is we're supposed to be celebrating. Uh, The world does that. It's kind of politically correct to say happy holidays or even uh, I saw on a sign in a store the other day, Merry Xmas, and I wanted to take it down. Um, But even without buying into the world's ways, we can forget what Christmas is really all about if we forget Jesus I mean, if you're a Christian, focusing on Jesus means that you not only remember the Savior in the manger, but we remember the Savior in our heart. We remember that this baby grew up and went to a cross to pay for our sins so that again, we might realize what he has done for us and that his coming is to bring us joy. I've been asking you, Uh, What word would you use to describe Christmas? Uh, You know, some folks, uh, last week we talked about lights and Santa. Uh, You know, some people might use words like headache, busyness, expensive, or even bothersome. You know, too many people, Christmas is just another day. It's just a little more expensive and a lot more trouble than most days. I've even heard Christians who use words like that to try to describe uh, this season. You know, that wouldn't be Cheryl with 12 days left, but but some people are like that. You know, it's sad, isn't it, that we could let on a day that is so meaningful and has transformed the world so strongly suddenly become a time when uh, there's not a whole lot of joy on earth. Uh, Maybe some people are like that. I'd like to suggest to you that we hear from God that we hear from God in this beautiful season, and that we, we focus on things like hope. We spent our whole service last week talking about hope. Today we're talking about joy. Next week, Christmas is love, and our Christmas Eve on demand, peace. And then finally on Christmas Day, it's all about Christ. So no matter how broke you are or how busy you are, Christmas is joy. Christmas is joy. Yes, it is. Joy is is like love. It's not just an emotion. It's something that you decide. It's it's a choice. And, And I believe that you can be, I can be as joyful as we want to be. It's all about where you choose to put your focus. So as we start this message on joy, the best place is to, to ask, what is it? What is joy? When we talk about joy, what are we talking about? You know, whenever we talk about joy, we always say a lot of things, but a lot of times it's easier to describe what it's not than what it really is. It's not just an emotion. It's a decision. My concern is when we think about joy is we tend to go to the extreme, the opposite. Like uh, some people don't show a lot of joy because you've seen people show it in a phony way, in a fake way. Well, I don't want to be that. I'm not just trying to put on something, you know, that kind of joyful person. I don't want to be that person. So sometimes we just hide away. Um, We just kind of keep it quiet. You got any joy in here? You got any joy in there? Joy, just as a definition, is the settled assurance that God is in control. That God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately, even in a pandemic, that ultimately everything is going to be okay. And to be determined to choose to praise God in all things. I mean, it means that you have strength from God to face anything. It means that you know what it means to be blessed every day. No matter the circumstances, um, God's blessings are still there. It means that you are less stressed in everything because you know that God loves you. And that his love is all around you. Joy, what we're talking about today, doesn't come from what you have as in possessions. It comes from what you know. From what you know that cannot be taken from you. That's where the joy is. So they can, they can take your job, but they can't take your, the purpose that God gives you in life. No. So you, you can have joy no matter what the circumstances. You can have a relationship that is broken or taken away from you, but they cannot take away God's love for you in your life. They, can't, they can take away your health, but they can't take away God's grace. They can even take away your life, but they can't take away God's promise of eternal life. So joy is there no matter what. The Bible says... That you can say, 1 Thessalonians 5 16, always be joyful. Can you say that? Say it together. Ready? Always be joyful. If you're gonna memorize a verse from the Bible, that's a good one, right? It's a good one. Remember, it's only three words, so easy to memorize. Uh, I always like to, to memorize verses that have two or three words. That's pretty good. Always be joyful. Say it one more time. Always be joyful. Well, I'm pretty good. It's three words. I kind of wish it was two words. Seriously. It'd just be better if it just said be joyful. That'd be nice. But always be joyful? I mean, come on. Always? In this circumstance? In that circumstance? In what you're going through? That's the part that bugs you, right? Always be joyful. So how do you have that kind of joy? Uh, The truth is, if you're waiting for perfect circumstances to bring you joy, you're going to be waiting a long time. When you get everything perfect, you know, even if you think it's perfect, it only lasts about 90 seconds, right? (laughs) Then the joy goes away. So how do you find the kind of joy that lasts through difficulty, the kind of Christmas joy that Jesus brought to us? How do you find joy that lasts in an imperfect ugly world sometimes, even with a pandemic. That's the message of Christmas. That's the message. The message of Christmas is that God came to the world to bring joy, bring joy in that kind of world, the world that we live in. So where do you find joy in the the midst of a life like that? You know, it's not just in uh, having a good laugh or somebody telling a joke. It's not even that I'm happy. It's realizing that I can find genuine joy. So what we're talking about this morning, we're gonna look at some of the people in the first Christmas story. And those people all had joy in that first Christmas. You know, the Bible connects them to joy. So you look at the shepherds, you know, they talked about joy. The wise men, they talked about joy. Mary and Joseph, they talked about joy. It's, it, and it's not just them the joy that they experienced was also for us. Romans 15.4. If you're looking on your outline, the scripture there says, everything written in scripture was written to teach us in order that we might have hope through the patience and encouragement of which the scripture gives us. So What that means is is that whenever you read a story in the Bible, when you read a section, and if you go to PFN or Southside or Summit, this is good to know because that's what you get every time, right? Some kind of section of scripture. What it says is when you read that scripture in the Bible, it was not only written for them, but it was written for you. It's a, it's a story written for us. It's, a, it's written to give us hope. It's written to give us encouragement. It's written to give you joy. So what happened to them on the first Christmas happened for us as well. Each of them have something to teach us about joy. So I was thinking about the Christmas story. I was thinking about uh how how it what a news story this is. I mean it's it's still news now, right? Jesus is born. So I was thinking about news of Christmas and how it might come up and and I know you if you're ever on the internet, maybe you're not, but you know if you're ever on the internet, you know that the internet loves to lay out headlines. You know, and I don't know if you ever noticed this, but you click on a headline. Sometimes the story has nothing to do with the headline. They just love these headlines because they want you to get you to, uh, to click on the story there. So I wondered, what would it look like? Uh, what kind of crazy, stunning uh, headline would we get uh, on the birth of Jesus? How would you write uh, up the story of Christmas in an internet headline if you, if you were trying to get people's attention? I, I, I thought of a few. Mm. My baby is here to save the world, and I'm a virgin. (laughs) All kind of other crazy quotes from a lady who had just given birth in a barn. That's an internet headline. Uh, Another one. A surprise royal baby or three ridiculous gifts to give at your next baby shower. (laughs) That's a good one. What the shepherds did will shock you. Those are internet headlines. Here's my favorite. Who's the daddy? <laughs> Woman claims God. Fiance says he's not mine. They want to get you to click on the story. So the question today is, how do you, how do you talk about it? How do we celebrate uh, what, what this story is all about? So I have four, what I would call stunning truths that will bring you joy. Four Stunning Truths That Will Bring You Joy. Uh, and, and they are stunning, not in the way that we usually think about how joy comes into our lives. All of us have learned uh, that these people who experienced the first Christmas, we learn from them that Christmas is joy. You're still asleep. I noticed that. Uh, Christmas is joy. Amen. Okay, here we go. The first one we learn from the shepherds is the first truth is that joy is here. In your outline, here. Joy is here. Now, if you're looking at these, these maps, you know, if you ever go to a, a, a park or a, a place you go, and they give you one of these maps, and there's a dot there, and it says, You are here. <laughs> And if you're looking at a map like that and you are here and you're looking for a line that goes, uh, you are here and points over to the place where joy is over here somewhere, that's not how joy works. I mean, if joy is going to happen in your life, it's got to be on the dot, right? It's got to be where you are. It's not somewhere else, it's here. It's where you are, where your life is, where you are living. you got to find joy where you are. Amen? These shepherds discovered that joy was where they were. The Bible says in Luke 2, 8 and 9, it says this, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, giving watch over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. So here's these shepherds. It's another night as usual. They're only out there watching sheep. You know, sheep uh, sheep are not very exciting when they're awake, much less when when they're asleep. Pretty boring, I'm sure. You're sitting and you're watching these white lumps out there in the midst of the field. And everything is boring. Everything is routine, business as usual. And suddenly, God shows up. Joy shows up in the midst of that kind of life. You know, that's where God shows up for you and me. Joy is here. There's great hope when I look at the shepherds and that God shows up in your life and in my life where we are and gives us genuine joy. I mean, you're routinely going through the business of your everyday, and God wants to come and to give you, you joy. You do not have to go on vacation to find joy. But, you know, the problem is you take one thing on your vacation that's keeping you from finding joy, and that's you. You take yourself. We're the one with the attitude that blocks the barriers in our lives to joy. You don't have to leave your job to find joy. You don't have to leave your family to find joy. You know, one of my favorite words in the Christmas story, in a couple of different verses, we just heard it in the ones we read. What happened in the lives of these shepherds? The Bible says, suddenly, would you say suddenly? Suddenly, suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared among them. I love that word. Suddenly, God shows up. We we well know about suddenly. You know, you get some news and suddenly everything changes a diagnosis, a phone call, information that came to you. Suddenly, there's an auto accident. Suddenly, something has happened and changed my life for the worse. Did you know that the truth is that suddenly everything can get better? Everything can happen to bring joy. God shows up and suddenly things are different. I begin to look at my life differently, and I see God's love is there no matter what. I begin to see that no matter what circumstances are happening, God is showing up in my life. That's what happened with the shepherds. Suddenly, God showed up. Suddenly, joy is here. So the the first truth about joy is that right now, right here, God can show up and give you joy. Do you believe that? Because joy is. It's not about circumstances. It's about him showing up in my life. Joy is here. Number two, joy is sent. Oh, I love this. Joy is sent. It's not something that you spend the rest of your life trying to discover. It's something that God sends into your life. He sent it to the shepherds. He sent it to us. Luke 2, 10 through 12. They that's the shepherds, were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you. I bring you good news that will be of great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly strips of cloth lying in a manger. I'm sure he said it with a lot of excitement like that, don't you think? (laughs) There, There are a lot of different strategies you could use. Some people try to find joy by working harder to get it. If you just work hard enough, think hard enough, if somehow just work myself into it, I'm going to be a joyful person. If that were true, the most joyful people in the world would be workaholics, and we all know that's not true. So it's not a matter of me working harder to discover it. Some people think that to be joyful, I just ignore all the bad things in the world. I'll just pretend all this stuff is just not here, and then I can be a joyful person. That's not joy. That's just being blissfully unaware. Apologies if you need that. Um, Joy is recognizing that in the realities of life, God is here. God is present. There are other people who think that joy is like some kind of lucky circumstance. Well, if I win the lottery, then all of a sudden I'm a joyful person. Even though we know from studying it that people who win the lottery are not very joyful people, very few. So when you look at the kind of at the circumstances, is is that what joy is all about? This, this one in a million chance that somehow I'm going to experience joy. Maybe it'd be like the Canadian Airline West uh, story. Happened about 2013. I don't know if you heard this story, but while people were on the plane, uh, uh, before, when they're waiting to get on, they're talking to Santa in this box, and he's getting this list of what people wanted. So they get on the plane, and while they're on the plane, the workers are going out to the mall and buying all the stuff that they, that they wanted. And then when they, got, they came back, they wrapped it, and when they got off and the baggage claim, all this stuff started coming out. Do you have to wait for that to give you joy? Some kind of special circumstance. You know, most of us would be like the guy that just said, well, I'll just have some socks and underwear. He blew it, man. He blew it. Is that where you find joy? Like a one in a million chant? No. God wants to bring you joy bring joy into every one of our lives and he sends it to every one of us. It's not found. You don't have to go looking for it or discover it. It is him. If We don't spend the rest of our lives just looking for him. God has already sent it. And when we look so hard and we work so hard to find what God has already sent, we miss it. Joy is not created from within. Joy is sent from above. The angel said to the shepherd, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. I always thought, like, what is the difference between good news and great joy? I bring you good news of great joy. Here's what I decided. If I told you that I got a letter this week that said you have won $10,000, you would say, That's good news. But if you got a letter this week that said you had won $10,000, that is not just good news. That is great joy, right? You see the difference? The difference is that it's personal. Christmas is personal. Jesus came for you. He came for you. He came to let you know, I love you. I created you. I'm investing in you. I've delivered you. I have a promise for your life. I have have a purpose. I want you to be known and loved and valued and filled with my purpose. What love I have for you. Christmas is personal. When you recognize that Jesus was sent, not just for the world, but for you, for me, then all of a sudden, the good news becomes great joy. The joy gets sent into your life. I want you to notice what these shepherds did when they, when they went and saw the child. They did what the angel told them. The Bible says in Luke 2, 17 and 18, After seeing this, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. What did they do? They went and told. First, the joy was sent, and then it was shared. They tell other people. They went out and told. Notice how people responded. They didn't ridicule them. They, didn't, they weren't bored. They were astonished because this world needs good news. And if they hear the good news, maybe it will bring great joy. So I just want to tell you this. For those of you who have experienced the joy of Christ in our lives, I want you to know that there are some people That need to watch the Christmas Eve service. I don't know what you're giving this year, but maybe some of your family, yeah, I don't know what you do at Christmas Eve, it's 35 minutes. But you, you got some people in your family that need to hear about the peace of God. Invite them. Do you know that you can invite people that live here in this area that you know? But you can also invite people that live anywhere in the world. It's on demand. It's an opportunity. Oh, I heard two or three people saying, "Ah, oh, I sure would love to be in Christmas Eve service in church. Well, me too, <laughs> me too. But we have a chance. Come on, we have a chance for hundreds, even thousands of people to be at our Christmas Eve service if you invite them. It's on our website. When you bring that website up, That's the first thing you're going to see beginning December 22nd. That's all we're thinking about is that Christmas Eve on demand. Are are you with me? I'm, I'm just making sure you're awake behind the mask there. All right. Okay. See, the principles of joy is that you can't bottle it. You can't uh, just kind of package it in some way, uh, but you can take the cap off and share it with others, and that's when joy starts flowing into our life again. So, joy is here. Joy is sent. And then, thirdly, we learn from the wise men the third stunning truth about joy. Number three: joy is a journey. Joy is a journey. Joy is a process of life. Joy doesn't always happen in an instant. It's a journey. You might remember the story of the wise men. They saw the star, and it showed them, indicated to them, that a king was being born. They left, and they made this journey. And when they got to Bethlehem, they see the star again. And when they see it again, in uh, in your outline there, you see Matthew 2.10. It says, when they saw the star, they were filled with, say it. Joy. So they traveled a long way before they were filled with joy. For them, it was a process. It took time. It wasn't some kind of instant push buttons solution. So the Bible makes it clear that that that's how joy sometimes happens for us. Look at these uh, next couple of verses in the outline there. Psalm 30, verse 5, crying may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So it might start with tears and pain, but out of those tears, as you spend time with God, recognizing that He is there, joy comes in the morning. Jesus Himself taught about it. He said in John sixteen twenty, "You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy." You are, you might cry your way to a place of joy. You might grieve yourself to a place of joy, recognizing that God is with me in my tears, in my grief, and I'm thankful for his presence. And out of that, he brings a new joy that is above the circumstances that I find myself in. Joy is a process and people try to find instant joy, try to make it happen in an instant, end up doing the wrong things. They look for a quick fix. They look for a new thrill. They look for a new drug. They look for a new relationship. And all of a sudden, they're worse off than they were before because what you're looking for is like an adrenaline rush, a a push, something to happen powerfully in me. What you need is lasting joy. That's the, the journey of life. These wise men happened a long time ago, but it reminds us that it's part of our life today. In a journey, the most important thing, I I know this is a cliche, but the most important thing in a a journey is the first step. The first step. So how, how do you take the first step? You recognize that God is with you. He is with you in whatever you're facing right now. Christmas, Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be conceived and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He is with you in whatever you're facing right now. The first step on the journey, the first step is toward joy. Number four, the last. The fourth truth about joy is uh, something we learn from Mary, Jesus' mother. Mary obviously had great joy at Christmas. But when you look closely at Mary's story, it's, uh, it's, it's filled with all kinds of struggle. Number four is joy is a difficult choice. Joy is a difficult choice. Mary had great joy. She sang a whole song about it. You can read it in Luke 1. Uh, a couple of verses from that song she sang it says, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, generations will call me blessed. So she's got a lot of joy. She's singing about joy. But I want you to know it didn't start out like that, right? It was a decision that she made that got her there. Look at where she started. Luke 1 confused and disturbed. Notice those words, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her for you have found favor with God. I notice words confused, disturbed, afraid. That's where Mary started. Maybe that's the way you feel sometimes. Here's a teenage girl and you're told you're going to have a virgin birth. How am I going to explain this one, God? Who's going to understand this one? This is not going to go over well with Joseph. It's not going to really go over well with anybody. She's confused, disturbed, afraid. But then in just a few verses, she's joyful. What happened? She made a decision. She made a difficult decision. She decided to trust God. She decided to trust God instead of trusting herself. The thing about joy is that it often is scary scary at first because you got to let go of something familiar to make a decision to trust God instead of trusting yourself. You know, joy is found on the other side of difficult choices to trust God instead of trusting yourself. Now, however, however long you've been walking with Christ, I'll just tell you, it is always easier to trust yourself because I'm here I know what I'm feeling. I know what the situation is. And I don't care if something is brand new to you or if you're trying to figure it out, there's this moment in your life where you have to decide, am I going to trust me or am I going to trust God? Jesus is our example by this. He told us that he decided to trust the will of the Father so that he could experience joy. It's Hebrews 12.2 in your outline. It says, for the joy set before him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Physically, he didn't want to go to the cross, but he trusted God on the other side of that decision, that difficult choice was going to be joy. And there is the joy that he experienced, that we experience in our life. One of the differences for us is that it can seem like sometimes we're right on the edge You ever feel that? It's like you're just on the edge of joy. For us, we can can feel like we're almost there. We might say something like, if I was just a little more healthy, I'd have joy. If my job was just a little bit better, if I just got that promotion, if I just had a little more money, if my investments would just do a little bit better, then I would Whatever. If I got just a little bit more, then I'd have joy. I just want to tell you, that is not true. Right? It is not true. I want to say it to myself. That's not where the joy is found. Some little bit more. Some little bit more entertainment. Some little bit more to my job. But the truth of the matter is that joy is found when you trust God wherever you are. That means that every one of us Here, every one of you online can experience joy today. I said today. I mean, if joy was found in the next good little thing that comes along for you, then we're we're all struggling to find it. But that's not the kind of joy that God came to offer. Every one of us is equally able to experience the joy of the Lord today. In fact, Jesus taught us that he wants us to experience that. The night before he died, he's talking to his disciples. Here's what he's, he's teaching them about joy. He knew that they were kind on the borderline. And he says, John 15, 11, I have told you these things so that you can have the same joy that I have. And so that your joy will be the fullest joy. Possible joy That's what I want for Christmas right there You can write that down The fullest Possible joy I mean Jesus is knowing He knows where he's going to go the next day He knows he's going to be resurrected in three days And he's teaching his disciples about joy He wants them to know what's going to happen He says I want you to know It is possible For you to have the fullest joy And that's what Jesus has for us That's That's what he's working to do in your life. So my question is, how can I cooperate with him? He's working to bring that kind of joy into your life. Would you cooperate with it? Uh, I can do what these people the first Christmas did. I can stop chasing what God has already sent. I can take the first step on the journey. I can uh, realize what God is doing and that he is with me. I can stop waiting for something else to happen that's going to bring me joy. I can make a difficult decision to trust God instead of trusting myself. The truth is you could choose to be a discouraged person for the rest of your life. There's a lot to be discouraged about in the world. You could choose to be an angry person for the rest of your life. There's a lot to be angry about. You could choose to be a bitter person. You could choose to be a cynical person the rest of your life. There's a lot to be bitter and cynical about. But the story of Christmas, the good news of great joy, is that you can choose. You can choose to be a joyful person. So exciting, isn't it? Because there's a lot to be joyful about, the good news of God, the good plan of God, the good grace of God, the goodness of God in your life. You can choose to be a joyful person. That choice can, something you can make right now. It's a choice that Mary made. Tom's coming. He's going to sing. Mary, did you know? Did she know that the baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that the baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? The child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know? No, she didn't know. No way she knew. But she trusted She trusted. That's really what the song's about. I know some of you love this song. I love this song. But what it causes you to do is to think about your choices, your relationship. You know, it wasn't because Mary knew everything that helped her to find joy. She trusted God no matter what she was facing. Sing it for us, Tom. encourage you, maybe you had not thought for a long time, to pray asking for joy. Maybe it's the first time for you to make a biblical choice and to say, I don't know everything, but I just want, Father, you to bring joy in my life. I want your joy. So I'm willing to be on the journey. I know you're, you sent it in Christ. I want to find joy right here. God, I'm trusting you with even the wrong things I've done. I need your forgiveness. I'm trusting you to forgive me instead of trusting myself to make it all better, to make it all right. I'm trusting you to guide me rather than trusting myself to figure it all out. You made me for a life, a blessed life, purposeful life. Guide me into that life. Lord, I want to experience your joy this Christmas. So whether it's taking the first step on the journey or recognizing suddenly that you're here right now, I'm looking for joy. Not in a thing, not in a circumstance, not in a wish. I'm looking to you like I never have before. And I thank you for joy that you came to give Jesus to me. In your name, Jesus, thank you. Amen. On a communication card or maybe somewhere in a comment box, you can respond to uh, how, how you've responded to the service today. Uh, you can consider that you might want to invite some folks, some friends and family of yours to the Christmas Eve service. At the bottom of the outline you'll notice that there is a sermon discussion, God. And that's for yourself or with family or friends. Maybe think about what we've talked about today. Uh, there's There's some questions there, a prayer. Thank you. Thank you for responding to him this morning and putting your trust in him. So I'm going to help us dismiss, and then we're going to have a benediction. So if you'd stand. Thank you for caring about yourself and your church family by wearing mask, social distancing, entering carefully, exiting carefully. You are loved. Thank you for helping us have worship together and online. We are blessed. God bless you, and Merry Christmas. Please receive the benediction. May you be filled with the wonder of Mary the obedience of Joseph, and the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the magi, and the peace of Christ, the Christ child. Almighty God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.